Okay, so having covered C, X, D, X, leverage, uh, let's talk about the next thing, all the tokens that you can buy on Ethereum. So Ether, the native currency of Ethereum, or commonly also called Ethereum, you know, when you refer to the token on Ethereum, you call it Ethereum as well. So Ethereum uh, blockchain makes it really easy for anyone with some... Uh, experience of solidity to create their own tokens and uh, they have this standard called the ERC20. This is the standard that underpins all the crypto tokens that you see on Ethereum network and it, it's very easy to create one. In fact, there are sites where you can just go give it a name, uh, choose the number of decimals you want to support and you know it will create a token for you um, in within two minutes. So considering the ease of creating a new token on Ethereum network, it's not a surprise that there are thousands, if not tens of thousands of different, different um, coins. Some of them created as memes, some of them as jokes, some of them backing serious projects, and some of them very plainly just scams. So how do you figure out a token is a scam or not and whether or not you should invest in it? Like I spoke about in the first part, um, you can use coinmarketcap.com or CoinGecko, uh, one of these sites to look the details of all these coins, check if they have a proper website, check if there's a community building it, uh, they actually have a proper dev team. Uh, and based on all of those decisions, look at the market cap, look at the uh, number of tokens, their emission, etc. You can make an informed decision on wh whether or not it's it's legit or not. Uh, but as as a beginner, I, I believe you should probably just stick to the coins that uh, are there on the top hundred on uh, CMC Coin Market Cap. So the top twenty of CMC is usually the very very prominent projects, and uh, um, they they are listed by the market capitalization. So Obviously, the more adoption they get, the more uh, users they have, the more market cap they have. And based on that, uh, you could choose one of these top 20 coins to have a fairly stable portfolio with a lesser amount of risk. But to be noted that even in the top 20, there might be overvalued coins which probably do not have as many users or adoption or maybe are not even legit. Um, uh, and for example, Ripple. I mean, I don't want to go into detail about XRP slash Ripple, but let's just say it's not uh, one of the best coins you can buy. And they also have a case going on against them um, with the SEC. So yeah, coins like Ripple, very sketchy, probably should be avoided. Um, there are very other legit coins. Um, there are other networks. Uh, that are trying to, they're trying to, there's so many networks these days. There's, uh, so now you have your core layer, uh, which is the layer zero slash layer one, which would be Ethereum, Bitcoin, and all these other chains. And then after layer one, which layer one is essentially a blockchain slash project, which is the building block of the blockchain. They have their own consensus mechanism, their own um, ways or standards of doing things. And that's essentially a layer one blockchain. Now after layer, layer one, what you could do is you could build 
additional chains on top of the layer one, which conforms to the rules of layer one and is compatible with it. That gives you the layer two chains, which would be chains like scale or uh, optimism or any any of these new solutions that are coming up, including matic slash polygon. That's also a layer two chain for Ethereum. So since Ethereum is the most adopted layer one chain and it's the very core of decentralized finance, you would see that most of the layer two work is being done on uh, Ethereum right now. Uh, there is finance smart chain, which is getting some traction. There are a few others, but overall it's, it's, uh, you know, it's Ethereum where the entire game is at right now. Although it's very likely to change in the next five years or so, or maybe even three since crypto is much faster than other industries. Um, so in the layer two chains, um, you could uh, probably look at what they're trying to do if, if there's a real use case to what they're trying to do. Different layer two solutions are trying to do different things. Some just want to help you um, do trades with a cheaper gas fee. Then there are yet others which want to promote interconnectivity between different layer one chains. And then there are yet others which come up with more novel ways of trying to integrate some components in some way which was not possible on the layer one chain. So it's 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 a very interesting field right now. It's it's in development, and I think a lot of progress in the coming years will be uh, on the layer two chains, especially as the gas prices increase. We are going to see uh, users switch to layer two chains and uh, try to, um, you know, try to um, adopt the layer two solutions uh, simply because it's more affordable. Um, because no one wants to pay uh, ten ten dollars or fifty dollars or whatever the going rate might be for a simple transaction. In that way, 2016 and earlier when we did not have much adoption for uh, blockchains and cryptocurrencies was much better because you could get away with just paying a few cents for a transaction regardless of the size of transaction. So you could send a few million dollars while just paying a few cents and that used to work but that's not the case anymore. The One of the reasons why the gas prices uh, have gone up so much is because the entire ecosystem has become more sophisticated. So now, uh, instead of just people sending tokens to each other or using the tokens as a utility token for their intended purpose, maybe as part of the project, maybe to access some services, or whatever the use case might be, right? Because these tokens, they can have multiple utilities. Some can give you additional access to a system some can give you certain rights and some can facilitate a certain functionality. So that was the early use case. Now there are um, bots on the Ethereum chain and because things have become sophisticated and because uh, people decided that, you know, maybe we should have primitives for all traditional finance systems on Ethereum as part of the DeFi decentralized finance initiative. Uh, now we have lending protocols. We have uh, other protocols which give you interest rates on your assets. You can deposit your assets to them. They would give you an interest rate. 
just like a bank so you have lending which usually was something that a bank would do you have um, a way to earn yield on your assets which again was only something usually a bank would do but you can do all of this now on the ethereum blockchain without the help of a bank it's all code it's all smart contracts there is no one um, you know there's no oversight no one's really controlling how all of this works there's no reserve bank of ethereum or something that's setting the rules for all these banking primitives um it's it's all uh, non custodial permissionless and decentralized there's usually um there there are some projects which actually do um take that step to merge more with uh, traditional finance and try to get fdic insured or get some banking licenses in some other countries um we have seen avi do that uh, there are few other projects doing that as well uh, but mostly let's say somewhere between 70 to 90% of all the projects right now would or maybe even more than 90% i'm just trying random numbers uh would just you know not have uh, an actual regulatory body of giving them some sort of oversight for whatever they do on the chain usually all of these rules the interest rates how much yield can you get um you know if there are other charges all of this is usually decided by the team of the project that builds the project and more often than um, not they usually give you something they call a governance token and then major decisions um, with regards to the metrics are taken by the larger committee as a whole all these governance token holders and with these governance token holders you can make proposals on chain and make changes to the code or the interest rates or any of those numbers that are configurable by putting up a proposal having everyone vote on it and whichever gets the most number of votes or whatever the decided percentage of uh, decided percentage of votes is or the threshold for this proposal to pass once it's reached uh, that new rate gets activated so the whole governance token uh, phenomena arose from being around 2018 to 2019 when people were having issues with utility tokens most of them actually did not even have a utility it got even more complicated with the uh, regulatory or uh, regulatory bodies around the world uh, trying to clamp down on ICOs so then we had STOs securitized token offerings or security token offerings but then again that make, made things much more difficult for defi to uh, grow because then for an STO you need to register um, as as a security you need to take care of a lot of legal and I'm actually not a lawyer so I'm not sure what I'm speaking about so let's get to what i know about uh so the governance tokens right so all these cool projects they realize that we have all these users we usually control and make all the decisions what if instead of just you know giving them a utility token what if we gave them rights what if they could vote what if they could choose what the project does in the future so by doing a governance token not only do they give you the rights to vote into the protocol to have a say in it 
but in a way you also have a partial sense of ownership because now you're no longer just an investor who has bought some tokens now you are an investor with a say and a right to have a say in dictating what the project should do ahead and that idea was i think brilliant because you know everyone loved it the investors loved it the projects loved it um, everyone just became much more involved because they did not see it as just a separate project or an investment they formed communities the governance tokens they led to communities earlier communities would be all about you know investors or people who just get together to put some money in a project but now the communities became more about ownership and trying to guide the future direction of the project to um have a say in whatever the project is doing is maybe right maybe not right but now you can do something about it earlier um things were a bit more autocratic the team could do whatever they wanted no one had any c/rights on any of the things that were going on and uh, now you have a way um to try to fix things and try to have a say so that's great that that's why now you will see that every big prominent project out there in the current um defi industry probably has a governance token and not just because it's it's cool to have one but because it it's a good way to involve others involve the community into the future roadmap of the project also have them you know give them say in it and um, because of things like this you have a much um, larger pool of very 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 brilliant people who know a lot about their domain coming together and you know contributing to a project which they are the might not might not have so to give you an example there's there's this a uh, very prominent project called yearn finance right so it started with a group of developers just banding together giving or uh, distributing tokens for governance to the very close close knit community and uh, then just went ballistic right that that whole fair launch thing caught on and uh, you had some of the most brilliant minds be it in the field of mathematics analysis whatever just you know trying to contribute to yearn in in some way or the other because they had something of a personal stake in it it was no longer just an investment they were no longer outsiders um so i think the whole community aspect gets really looked down i i mean by that i mean ignored when when you see all these news articles about crypto crypto is not about it's it's not about money it's it's not about getting rich quick or buying a lambo it's it's about um it's about this whole new sense of community that you have where you have ownership partial ownership uh, and a right to say what you want done to a project which is trying to do something entirely unthought of before 10 20 years earlier from now no one would have conceptualized or thought that you know we might have banks which are not controlled by the government or we might have banks which do not have executives who 
handle things or manage things or set the rules. But now it's all possible thanks to code, thanks to Ethereum, and thanks to all these new primitives that are being built and the people, the brilliant people who are building them. So with this entire thing, it, it, it's very, it's a very narrow mind to think of blockchain and crypto as just an investment. It's, it's not an investment. It's here to stay. It's going to transform humanity. It's going to change a lot of domains of your life. It probably is already happening right now. You just don't know it yet. So if NBA is doing top shots as NFT, um, you know, that's, that's, that's just a start. I think it was last month. I actually heard, um, as I was just uh, driving and uh, the radio was on and, uh, I heard an ad about an NFT and I was, I was surprised. It was an NFT apparently by Calvin Harris in partnership with one of the crypto projects. And that's when I thought, okay, this thing is actually really going mainstream now. This, this is cool because NFTs were, um, a very small segment in in crypto sphere, maybe like uh, two uh, two or three years ago, and to see the kind of uh, traction and adoption they have gained in such a short span of time, it's it's just mind blowing. So now you have a lot of universities trying to do your degree certificates on the blockchain. There are land record um, projects on the blockchain. A lot of uh, people are also trying to um, democratize or decentralize uh, property ownership, artwork ownership. There are actual projects doing this with actual real artwork. So it, it, it's a very interesting space. It's, it's really nice to be here. It's good to see what's going on. And like I said, it's, it's not just about the money. So yeah, if you are going to take a, you can obviously stay disconnected to the whole community effect or the whole revolution aspect of things. Just put in some money and buy some coins and hope they go up. But honestly, you will be limiting yourself um, the real true experience of uh, what blockchain has to offer. So I'll, I'll just keep it short here. I guess that's it for this one. Um, in the next one, I'm going to talk more about um, chart patterns and the effect Elon's tweets have on the market because I think that's <laughs> that's interesting.